0: fathers ain't the podcast of course i am your host ty Shell. and joining me this evening is mr and mrs eric and adrian smith of the founders of winning strategies fatherhood the courts and custody welcome
1: thank you thank thank you you, thank you. thank you for having us
0: and i appreciate you joining me on such short notice as well um your name was given to me by Miss Nicole Mosby Taylor, who was also a guest on the podcast, and she told me that you guys help help out with things like visitation and you know stuff of that nature. If you could give us a little bit of background before we get into our discussion,
1: you want me to? Do it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically, when the strategies came about based upon my husband's um, own personal experience. He was he's been having challenges um, since before him and I had gotten together. We've been together for five years. Um, in May, it three years we've been married. And I just so happened to go to court with him. And I just saw how unfair the magistrate was treating him. And I was totally like blown away to the point that she disrespected me and my daughter and we were just there for support. Um, but I also saw how he represented himself in court and I was like, wow, I just struck gold. I have a young <laughs> Cochran, you Cochran. <know>, <laughs> so I had never, like, I was always intrigued with his intellectual side, but to actually see him in court and how he navigates and how he knows the laws. So at the end we were leaving. And then I said, wow, Eric, you know, you can help other fathers with the knowledge that you have and how well, you know, the system, you can help fathers get joint share custody of their children and he started out doing it like just meeting fathers when he was going to take um, papers down to the courthouse and talking to them Uh and just explaining to them what they need to do to the point that it turned around and he started doing it home down here in the basement in his office and he's so passionate about it he will be down here until the sun came up and I'm like wait a minute anyways where's my time at I need my time (laughs) so from that point on and I was like well you know not to say that we want to get rich off of it, but your time is very valuable, you know, and the attorneys are really making money off of the system by just telling some of the fathers that this is what we can do. And then when they get to the court, you better take what the judge is going to offer you. So it's like everything went out the window. Mm-hmm. I'll turn it over to you. Um,
2: like Adrian said, um, it was just... uh Getting tired of the system, okay? Uh, Having gone through two attorneys, um, I would say the first one was when I had my daughter, who's now 33, um, he did the job um, that I had anticipated. Uh, And when I had the issue with my second child's mother, that same attorney was to help me out. However, there was something that could have been argued and I turned it around to him saying well when are you going to do and he say anything and he didn't so mm-hmm. basically um, I was uh, I had to take the punishment I'm gonna say from the courts um, after that uh, I did that uh, things seemed to be going well okay until she tried to pull something else and so I had another attorney mm-hmm. okay we get to court And he does nothing. Okay? I don't say he does nothing. He did some things, but it wasn't to my liking. And when Adrian and I went to meet with him, I was basically telling him how, according to Merlin Law, Mm -hmm. um, I was supposed to have certain rights. Okay? We tried to work it out. It didn't happen. Okay? It happened somewhat but she was still trying to his mother um back in was that 2019 mm-hmm. okay he was playing baseball she stopped him from coming to see me and it took a turn for the worse so basically i had to fight i had to go to court and put everything in, in place mm-hmm. and basically I had to um, do the work myself. I wanted to do the work myself because I only knew what I wanted to say. Okay, I didn't want somebody else to write something or present something that was not going to be right. So basically, I did that. Um, I basically now, I have I bought my case. My case is now with the Merlin Court of Special Appeals. they like, you wrote your own defense? I'm like, yeah. It's very easy. <laughs> um, so What I do now, Adrian and I, I even Adrian talks to some of the fathers and she talks to the mothers as well. Um, But I teach them where to go, how to look at it, and put it into play. How our program is unique is we offer a mock trial, okay? A mock trial giving them um, some synopsis of what they're going to be facing when they go to court. Mm-hmm. Now, with our radio show, we have a radio show called Dads for the Win uh, that airs on Thursdays. Okay. Um, and we talk talk of certain issues. Adrian talks about the mother aspect. I come off with the father aspect and what they can do. And since that there are some judges and magistrate here in Maryland, I say do you know that you can have a judge or magistrate recuse from your case? He's like, what? I'm like, <laughs> Knowing who the judge and magistrate is, or the magistrate is, and knowing if they've been uh, negative towards fathers, you can have them recused from your case. Don't you think you need to explain? I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to say <laughs> <laughs> um, remove from the, your case,
3: mm-hmm.
2: all right? Because they've shown bias, they've shown unjust. See the court, the the the, the scales behind me on the on a backdrop. Mm-hmm they're supposed to represent the scales of justice. If they are, if one is constantly going down, it's unjust. It's not balanced.
0: Absolutely.
2: Okay. So I, I try to encourage them to continue to fight using the law that is set in place for us. Mm -hmm. For that purpose.
0: So if I may ask Mr. Smith, what were some of the difficulties that you faced when you were going through the system?
2: Um, like I said, the bias is from the judges or magistrate. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have, I'm, I'm going to talk about one magistrate that I had. She was very biased, okay? Um, what's called, is something that's called ex parte communication, which means that they're not supposed to talk to two people without the other one being present. Mm-hmm. OK, mm-hmm. My, my my son's mother said, well, when you talk to me um, in your chambers and on the phone, I turned around and looked at her like, you're not supposed to talk to her about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I put that in my in my next um, what we call pleading. OK, so mm-hmm. I had to write when you go before here in the state of Maryland, if you see a magistrate and you putting it in an appeal, it's called a, an exception. I wrote my exceptions. I got. I wrote my own exceptions, and I filed them on the very last day against her ruling, and they won. Okay, they're like, what? You're a lay person. I'm like, okay, but I can read as well. (laughs) (laughs) And I put it in, and I said, well, she was very biased, and she didn't include something that she ordered, which could have turned the tables for me. Okay, since she did that, I wrote it. I wrote it up. And I
1: won. I think to throw one of the challenges out there, I think that they don't hold the moms accountable. And when I say hold the moms accountable, if the court document states that you have joint share custody and these are his weekends that he's supposed to get his son. But Mm -hmm. you take it upon yourself to say, well, I'm not sending him because he does not want to come. That's what happened. And it's not that he didn't accept the fact that he want to come because sometimes he may not want to come. But give him the opportunity to communicate with his dad that he mm-hmm. didn't want to come. But then when that came up in court, she wasn't held accountable. So it's also like regardless of what the court documents said, mm-hmm. that she didn't have to abide by. It, so she wasn't held accountable.
0: Right, and those are that's one of the things that we we've, we've discussed uh, immensely on this podcast is that the mothers are not held accountable like the fathers are. You know, because anything that the fathers do, they're immediately reprimanded for, you know, that they don't pay child support. Okay, we're taking the license or you can't get a passport, you know, but a mother can withhold a child with no consequence. And that's why it makes it so easy for them to do the things that they do. And another thing that I seen was a running theme. And I wanted to ask um, you guys about it was sometimes the fathers, when they're fighting, they give up because it's so much that they have to do and they have to present this and prove this and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And some people don't have the skill, you know, to look beyond what's being told. So I just wanted to ask, uh, Mr. Smith, did you have any of those moments where you felt like you wanted to give up the fight?
2: I did. I did. Um, It was a real depressing time. And my, uh, my wife and my stepkids were like, what's wrong with Mr. Eric? Okay. Mm-hmm. Can we do something? What What's wrong? Okay. And it, it does come, it becomes draining. Okay. Um, and I just, what I pass on to fathers is like, listen, I need you to tap into your spirituality right now because this is going to be depressing. This is going to be draining.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Um, and I only learned that from Adrian. Okay. um. She was there in my corner, helping me. She was there, giving me that advice. She was there, just putting that extra oomph into me. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's how we came up with the name. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, basically, sticking there, and that's what we try to do. And even on our radio show, on Fridays, we have a fatherhood inspiration. Okay, where the um, we have a prayer session that somebody um, says a prayer and it's aired at 8, 10, and 12 o'clock throughout the day, mm-hmm. so just to give fathers that inspiration. Um, guess what? I I mean, and I and I actually, at night, I mean, my wife knows, I when I pray, I, I mean, I just have to say a prayer for those fathers because mm-hmm. this can be draining.
1: Yeah, that's when that mental health piece comes into play because I think a lot of guys and a lot of our black males, or I should say Af- African-American males, mm-hmm. they get discouraged because nobody wants to be sitting up in the courtroom. And then if they don't have a, a whole lot of knowledge about why they're there, we we know they're just there fighting for their children. However, some of them don't know how to articulate. know what i'm saying they don't understand however you have the police or the bail of standing over here so it's like they're already intimidated by it right because even though you haven't did anything sometimes you just feel guilty being black
0: right and then in other cases it's like oh i don't i don't because and then we have some of the fathers who have been in trouble in the past so it's kind of like courtroom ptsd so it's Mm -hmm. like like you said even though i know i didn't do anything wrong this time but mm-hmm. me coming to fight for something what's right might bring up my wrongs. Mm-hmm. And now I have a whole new set of problems. Right. So that's when I've noticed that a lot of the people that I have spoke to about this, they say, you know, I just don't want to be bothered with the courts. Like, just give her whatever she wants. And at the end of the day, that's not fair. But I also wanted to ask you, Miss Adrian, and I'm glad you're here tonight so that uh, mm-hmm. maybe if I have any females watching, they can know um. You know, from your perspective, like, how did it affect you um, and your relationship, you know, with Mr. Smith and, you know, your marriage and everything? And how strong did you have to be? Did you have to be as strong as him or did you have to be stronger than him for y'all to get through this?
1: Let me just say this. (laughs) I always wondered how, like, Coretta Scott King and Michelle Obama got through it you know what I'm saying, with um, Mm -hmm. Obama as well as Martin Luther King. And it's times like this, even like when we're having interviews and he's so passionate about it, I have to tell him sometimes like, you cannot name names, be quiet, you you just can't do that. (laughs) However, how it affected me was when we first got together and we knew each other since we were kids, Um, our Mm -hmm. grandparents were really good friends, so our families know each other. Mm -hmm. So when we you know, like reconnected and, and started dating and everything, everything was fine. And his son was coming. And it was like the minute he proposed, everything took a turn for the worse. However, it affected my kids because it was some um, information that was provided that was not true. CPS was involved. And mm-hmm. I just, I'm the type of person with, though, I'm not going to tell you how I am, Um, I'm going to take it to the street. My street credit is good. So if you come across anybody that knows me, you ask them and they can tell you. So I don't have to get up here and say, well, you know how I am and blah, blah, blah. No. But my Mm -hmm. name was all dragged through the mud and then it involved my kids. And I'm like, I did not sign up for this. But then on the flip side of it, because my kids and I have a great relationship and we communicate and we love each other and we love on people. I had to sit down and explain to them but my kids already were willing to be here for him. So that's what made it different. And then prayer is important. You have that relationship with God. You can get through anything. So it wasn't like me walking away. It was, it was not an option because I had to tell him like later on, you'll see how you fighting for your child. And then we came into a situation when his friend told him, my son came and asked me, well, what happened? And when you tell the truth, it'll come out. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I had to be extra strong. When I say extra strong, like, it didn't break me, but I have a, a strong family support, um, my friends, so everybody knew. So when you have people loving on you to giving you that extra thing that you needed, it made it easy for me to be here for him. Not to say that it wasn't challenging, because you have your moments, you know, because in our society, when we see an emotional man, sometimes, I know where I come from, a strong line of women, we look at men when they show their emotions like, you crying or you feeling some kind of way so you know Mm -hmm. us as women when we going through we need that hug or we need him to rub on our back they need the same thing so you have to be able to give it so um a lot of prayer a lot of prayer a lot of communication Mm -hmm. and um talk about it you have to talk about it don't hold it in because it could be one little thing that triggered him and he all over the place but the the, another thing was trust because he trusted me and i'm like eric it's gonna be okay Trust Mm -hmm. me when I tell you, it's going to be okay. So I think, well, I know that's what got us through and it still gets us through. But it's funny because the word I've been running into for the past couple of days was resilience. And that's him, because in spite of him not seeing his son for almost three years, he's still able to help other fathers to see their children. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: You know, so um, if he see me be weak, I know he's going to be ready to give up. So he feed off of my energy, but we feed off of each other. So I know I got to be the Michelle Obama. He is the
0: so, Miss Adrian, I wanted to ask you another question. Was there, because Mr. Eric was so passionate about what, what he was doing, did y'all ever have any of those moments where you tried to guide him in the right direction and he just refused or not really refused, but was kind of resistant to your advice and just wanting to do it his way and you know how did you manage to get through that, or to come to some type of happy middle ground?
1: It was when we, when I first went to court with him. um They were so into, well, you did this and you did that, you did this or you did that, and so because he was there representing himself, I looked at him. I'm like, you need to call a recess. So he called a recess, and we went out in the hall, and I was like, now. I'm gonna need you get this together because my daughter was there as well. First of all, the judge put my daughter out the courtroom. She told me I was a sorry mother for allowing my daughter to miss a day from school, to come and be a character witness for him because she wanted to know why everybody was saying all these bad things about him but that's not who the person she lives with. She has never experienced that, but it was all lies. Mm -hmm. However, I had to tell him, I said, you need to go back in there and talk about how much you love your son, how much he needs you, how much you need him, not what she did to you in the past, but how much he needs you right now. Mm -hmm. You know? And so he looking at me like, you don't understand. I do understand. I'm here with you and I see it, but nobody has said how much they love him. Mm -hmm. So I think that was like a big icebreaker, right there. And that trust came in, but I can honestly say he pretty much listens to me, pretty much.
0: (laughs) Well, Mr. Eric, in your mentorship, when you are having these conversations with the fathers that have been put in your situation, what what is one of the most important things that you want these fathers to know? Um, Particularly, maybe like she said, the ones that are maybe not so articulate or the ones who can't see beyond emotion or just you know oh I, I don't want to step foot in the courtroom or anything like that. What's one thing that you always advise of this person?
2: See beyond yourself. Okay. You have to remember get out your own way. It's for you to see your child or your children more. Okay. It's for you to have that co-parenting um title instead of the weekend visitor title. Okay, Mm -hmm. Um, that's how it is. Uh, I can say that the fathers, they take to it. They listen to it. Um, They sometimes maul over the situation because it's something that they've never been used to. Um, And I can tell, and and during the mock trial session, I have to say, be polite and say what it is. I tell them, like I just expressed to uh, the fathers I just spoke to you this past weekend, you can t- say something to the judge or magistrate so they won't hold you in contempt. Okay, contempt means that you did something wrong or you disrespected them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told them to say, well, according to Maryland law, I can have my child such as this. I can do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our biggest success, success stories here in Maryland, okay, was our first pro bono case. Okay. okay. Uh, the father was being reamed by the court. He was made to pay child support and everything. Um, he tried it. He didn't succeed. Then one day he said, you know what? I don't even think your child is mine. So mm-hmm. He took the child down there to have a blood test. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And it came to find out the child wasn't his. Okay. However, since the court didn't order the blood test,
3: Mm. we
2: tried to say, well, that doesn't count. You got to go when we tell you. So I I said, well, you put this, this is how you make your paperwork. Okay. Mm -hmm. And in Maryland law, according to the, the rules, and most fathers don't know this. You can have you can ask for a blood test up until the child turns eighteen. Oh wow! And most of the time, the fathers in the state of Maryland, I think it's seventy-five percent of the fathers aren't the father to the are the biological father to the child.
3: Wow. Okay.
2: okay. So wow, he um he did that. Um, I may be stretching to maybe sixty, but he 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 did that. Um. And the first time, the magistrate said, well, this doesn't look right. I want you to do it again. And he was like, Mr. Smith, why is she telling me to do it again? <laughs> I'm like, because
1: that's the courts. So he called me. He's like, I did it. I'm not the father. But that was after he found after he got joint custody, right? Uh, yeah. After he, he got asked. joint custody, then he found out he wasn't the father. Okay. And they was
2: trying to make him pay. For a child that wasn't his, mm-hmm. so he argued that, and he won. Um, that's how we try to do it. Um, it's it's a game that's being played by the state of Maryland, okay, and mm-hmm. some states across the United States. Um, it's a it's a organization. It's called the National Parenting Organization. Mm-hmm. that ranks um, states that give co-parenting rights to, to parents. Maryland ranks a D minus. Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. A D minus. There are only two states in the United States that have an, that get an F. Okay, One is on the East Coast and the other one is on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. The get an F is New York. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I forgot the other state. But when, I, when you see facts like that, you have to encourage the fathers to fight more. Okay? Sometimes they're up for it. Other times they're like, no, I can't. Mm-hmm. And what can I do? Okay? This is a program that needs your input. We, we're we not an attorney. Okay? And it says that on our paperwork. We are not an attorney. We are a 501c3. We a advocate, educate, and empower you to fight <laughs> for your your child.
0: This is, um, wow. I'm just, it's, you know, because it's like I said, everything is just, so people really think that this is not a real thing, you know? And I honestly didn't think it was as bad as it is until I've listened to some people and, you know, and how the courts was just, you know letting the mothers do anything, you know, as far as you know the fathers and child support. But I wanted to ask now, season one of my podcast, I had a guest on and I asked him, How do he think, uh, what, what would be something that you would suggest to put kind of like a um to minimize the mother running to the courts? You know, to put the father on child support just because, you know, he's got a new girlfriend or, you know, we not messing around anymore because because let's be honest, usually that's really what it is. You know, as long as everything's going the mother's way, it's fine. And his answer to that was to put a cap on it. Do you agree with that? And, you know, if not, what was what would be something that you would come up with to kind of like like I said, minimize. That unnecessary. Oh, I'm going to child support.
2: You ready for this? Okay. Really? <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. You really can't minimize it. Okay. You can only minimize it when you become really, really um, educated on the system. The reason why you can't minimize it. Have you ever heard of something called the Social Security Act, Title Four D?
0: No. Please explain.
2: Okay so the social security act title 4d tells gives the authorizes the states to give authorizes the state to give mo- money to mothers for okay. the child
3: mm-hmm.
2: okay regardless okay however if the mother is cut off from having that um the child more their money is cut so if their money is cut the state's money is cut if the state's money is cut, the judge's money is cut. Okay, so it's a, it's a game. Okay, and what I I my mother told me, it's not always how you um, win at the game is play the game with them so you'll know so they'll know that you're not going to get over they're not going to get over on you. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, uh. What also comes about because we are our program is active in the Maryland legislature as an advocacy organization. Mm-hmm. You will be surprised that some of the bills that try to get pushed by some of the um, the legislator, legislators, legislators
3: mm-hmm. from the
2: de- uh, delegates and the senators here in the state of Maryland, I had to put in a. Opposition paper to one of the opposites of uh, one of the proposals from the delegates and the senators, because if you looked at the bill that they were trying to propose, they were really trying to take the right to the father away over an allegation. Wow. Okay. Okay. So mm-hmm. I put in a I put in an opposition paper, and I, and I and I'm able to vote on bills, and I voted. I said unfavorable. And I had a delegate call me. He's like, "You know, you have a delegate really pissed over your paper." (laughs) I'm like, "What am I to do?" She knows she was wrong for what she did. So, basically, that's that. I just, I asked, I offered an amendment to another bill here in the state of Maryland. They were they were giving five hundred thousand dollars out to uh, Prince George's County in Baltimore City Mm -hmm. for. Community initiatives for those who are coming out of a penal institution but are on supervised probation. Mm -hmm. Okay. I said, that needs, there's some money that needs to be allocated for those fathers to be reintroduced to their children. Okay. Mm -hmm. And people were like, you actually put that amendment in? I'm like, yeah, you can too. Okay. However, that's what I do. Um, like my wife said, I'm down here sometimes one, two o'clock in the morning, and waiting to um, wait until what? 10, they give me from they give a person between eight a.m. and no, ten a.m. and three p.m. to submit your votes on a on an issue. And after I take my steps on the school, I'm back here. Sitting here before I log on, I'm looking at it, looking at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Hit that button, submit it.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, Miss Adrian, I wanted to ask uh, from a woman's perspective why why do you think that uh, fathers don't get a fair shot? You know, why why is it that, and especially in our community, I'm just gonna say that why is it that the the society looks at it as they don't want to be, you know, good fathers. Why, why are they painted in a different type of light?
1: Oh, uh, wow. I think it has a lot to do with, uh, I can't even say, well, it, it does seem like going back into the older days. Um, the father was just a provider, pretty much. You know, the father was the head of the household. He was the provider and the mother did everything. You know, and it's kind of like that now to a degree, but you have a lot of fathers who want to be a part of their kids' life. You know, who want to make sure they play basketball, and football, and do things with them. But then it's also named as you have a lot of broken homes, so you have a lot of men who don't know how to be fathers, mm-hmm. and you have some fathers who feel like, "Well, my father wasn't there for me. I don't have to do all of this for my child." Mm-hmm. You know, but it's all what you want, and the narrative has to be has to be changed. You can't keep looking behind you and saying, well, this is what happened when I was there. No, you got to look at the now and you have to change the narrative. You know, we can't keep blaming things on our past. The past is the past. You have to work on the now and you have to want better. You know, one thing I try to live by is like um, if it was something that I didn't like growing up that my mom did because my dad passed when I was young. I knew that I had to be 10 times better in that area. So I think that's the way that it should be with parenting. If you didn't like something that your parents did when you were younger or they weren't there, then you know you have to get up. You know you have to show up. You know and you have to push. And I, I think, but really what creates a well-balanced child is having both parents. And I'm seeing you guys getting along. You know that co-parenting. And so for me, I've been on both sides of the spectrum. I have kids from a previous relationship. And now I'm married. Um, I've been the bitter mother. I have. And uh, I went downtown. You know, you angry, you attack those pockets. You do. But, you know, that's when you was young and you you see things differently. And then one thing I came to and I was like, I don't care what he gives me. It's just not enough. You shouldn't put no price on your child. You should want to take care of your child. I took him off. Um, And I feel like a lot of it has to do with me being humble. Because I wanted their father to be a part of their life so bad. So sometimes, um, it, I'm not going to say my feelings didn't matter, but it's almost like a relationship where over, you pick and choose your battles. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the kids will see, you know, if they were there and what they did, because we all have memories. And then it's also a thing of, okay, if this is where you want to be, I'm going to give you the opportunity. Sometimes the grass is not always greener on the other side. Right, you right. You know, and sometimes we push things in a direction where we want them to be, and sometimes it's just not it. But it's never too late. It's never too late to do the right thing. So it, it takes a lot of growing up. And I think I think things are starting to change in our community. I really do. And yeah. I mean, I pray that it, I pray that everybody is trying to get on the same path because our kids need us. They need us the next generation, the next generation, because once we're gone, who's going to leave? Absolutely.
0: And I had a guest on last week uh, when we discussed him having uh, issues with his visitation. And one thing that we did discuss was that sometimes moms equate money with time and they have to realize that it's different. Um, You know, again, the time is more important than the money spent because the memories are the things that are going to stick with the kids and it's not going to be how much money you spent on me, you know, on that day. But I wanted to ask the both of you um, if you had an answer for this one. Um, I asked this question a lot just to get different opinions, but I wanted to know why did y'all feel like, uh, or if you even felt like, the black man's load, why is it so heavy? Let
1: me start. I'll go because I know yours don't be longer than me. I think it's heavy because um, you have some women who, who who's not into the 50-50 thing. You know, whereas though, if they're in the household together, I pay half, you, you pay half. You know, we see on TV, it's the 80-20 thing, right?
3: Mm-hmm. The man
1: take on 80% and the woman take on 20%. Oh. I feel like, honestly, I feel like a lot of times, well, I used to feel like I have help now. I feel like the woman's load was a lot. Because as women, what we do, we get up, we go to work, we make sure the kids are okay, we come home, we cook, we do the sports, we do all of that. The fathers, sometimes they do have choices. I'm tired. I worked all day. She got it. Mm -hmm. But they look, but sometimes they put in more time at work. But that does not mean your job is better than mine's. Mm-hmm. So I think what is missing is that balance, it's that balance.
0: Because I just, I, and before uh, Mr. Eric, I just wanted to, you know, and I agree with you because for the past maybe like two months, I have been seeing this question about, you know, um, if if you're in a relationship and you're living with the significant other, like the man is supposed to pay all the bills because that's what it's supposed to be. But, but, and then I'm reading these comments and they're like, Oh, well, if he's not, if we got to split everything in half, then we, why are we in a relationship? So I just really feel like, Social media and all this reality TV and all this kind of stuff is kind of like it's not really, you know, shutting on reality. Like it's unreality.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? What if he loses his job? Can you handle all the bills? Right. I, you have to. Look, well, one way of saying it, I say, okay, if he makes a hundred thousand and you make fifty thousand, it's still one hundred fifty thousand. If you make hundred thousand he makes 50,000 it's still 150,000 and we still should be able to live the same way right um I think it has a lot to do with maturity um as they say the the, the women want equal rights I don't want equal rights I want him to lead mm-hmm. I, I want him to say baby this is what we're gonna do let's sit down let's do this budget this how we're gonna do it you know your role in the relationship you know some people are stronger in this area. Some people are stronger in that area. Some people are weaker in this area. Some people are weaker in that area. So no, I always have to have equal rights. Not in the house. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> but
0: we can make it either way, you know.
1: Right.
0: Okay, Mr. Eric.
2: Can you repeat the question again?
0: If you if if you if this was your opinion, why do you feel like the black man's load is so heavy?
2: Because we take on so much in society, we yeah. have we have to we have to um, deal with so much. Okay, I'm um, not not to say women don't have to. Um, mm-hmm. However, we're looked at more. Um, sometimes we put too much stress on ourselves. Okay, um, to think that we have to measure up and not really ready to. Humble ourselves to be in a committed relationship um, and do what is called for. Okay. Um, Some men have that mentality to say, okay, let's break it. Okay. We do, you do, Mm -hmm. let's make it. Okay. Mm
3: -hmm. But then
2: you got to look at how many men have actually been in a relationship, have actually had models like that. To know how to go forth, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. And if they haven't had that model or that that balance, are they willing to learn? Are they willing to give up on them to come to a, a different realization about things? Mm-hmm. Um, we have to get out of our own way, um, and I can only say that because I had to learn. I had to get out of my way.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you have, but besides Miss Adrian, did you have any other mentors helping you when you were going through your fight for your son? Like, did you have any other men that rallied around you as well?
2: Had some friends that helped me out, um, that was there, um, as supporters like Adrian, (laughs) yeah.
0: Of course not. No.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I think it's because it's a thing with men, men suffer in silence more than women. Mm-hmm. And there's some men are afraid to show their vulnerable side because they've been taught in a household that if you you show, show your vulnerable side or you're upset or if you cry, it's you're showing that you're weak.
3: Mm-hmm. So
1: that's when that mental illness piece comes in. Cause when you're going through something like this, you need all the supports. That you can get,
3: Absolutely. and
1: we all know that all prayers ain't good prayers, but those good prayers, we need some oil, we need some hands, we need some <laughs> hugs, <laughs> we need all of that. So you know, like you know, behind the scenes a little bit, I'm like a little joker, so I always try to keep him laughing because you know he can be like, I'd be like, yeah, smile a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. it's gonna get better, mm-hmm. um like. But I mean, it's it's challenging, but you know, you if you hurt, and say you hurt. It's okay. So I believe that has a lot to do with that load. You know, they don't want to show that they're weak or they're hurting. You have he hasn't seen his son in three years. I know when he's staring in the space, what he's thinking about. You know, and and what makes it even more challenging is that he, he he's here with his stepkids, and not his biological kids.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, and it's hard. So for me and I, sometimes I'll be like, it's okay, you can take a load off. I got it, and he like. No, when I signed up, I signed up to be here for them, too. So since we've been together, he takes my son to school. My load has gotten so much lighter. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm telling you, I appreciate it. I did not know what this kind of help looked like because I saw my mother do it all. Uh-huh. and A lot of times we do see the black woman do it all because of where we came from. Uh-huh. I don't want to do it all. I don't. I, I want I want that help, that good help. You know, and I'm I'm blessed to have it now, you know, but nobody, I don't think a lot of times have kids, um, two people have kids and want to break and then the kids are in the middle and it's a struggle. We wish that it could work, but if it don't work with us being together, let's try to make it work with us not being together. And sometimes it's a hard, it's hard, it's hard.
0: So how do you deal with the situation when you have to be a co-parent but let's just say one parent is maybe not as mature as the other and it's just like no matter what you do it's not working do you then go to the system then just to get some order in the situation or do you continue to try to you know make it work and keep yourself out of the system
2: Is that me or both well, I it mean is- you, you you have to <sighs> you have to take yourself out uh, uh, in consideration and, and look at how much you can withstand and bear. Okay. It's really seriously, because <laughs> having that parent that is not willing to work with you gets hard. And I'm saying it from man's perspective,
3: mm-hmm. All
2: right. Um, but that could go either way. I I, I just said a man. I mean, I'm, okay.
1: Uh, <laughs> I still have to speak for the mother sometimes. I get a lot of backlash. I get a lot of backlash from some women. You know, they thinking like, I can't believe you, you know how these fathers are. So when I do the show on Thursdays, I speak of the positive. We we know about the negative, it does exist.
0: Right.
1: And mm-hmm. you know, it is that stigmatism, but I speak about the positive. Um, we have to. I'm sorry to cut you off. <laughs> um
2: let me say it like this. In the process of me putting together my um my appeal to the Maryland Court of Special Appeals, uh-huh. I had to I looked at my file. My file my file was three volumes thick. And and I started this when my son was four or five. My son is now thirteen. He'll be fourteen the end of April. Okay. okay. And My file is thick, and I'm like, I I I look at how many times I had to come down here, um, because of his mother. Mm
3: -hmm. Okay. Mm
2: -hmm. Um. It's it's a shame. Okay, it's a shame. Um. I try to put myself. On the back burner with certain things.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, re- uh, recently, I did. Okay, before, I would have went toe to toe, blow to blow. No, you ate Okay, mm-hmm. um, I was the father. I was active in his life. I took him to school. I took him. He was in. He wrestled junior league. He played baseball. Um, played soccer. I was the president of the PTA at his school. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was active. Where was she? I, I couldn't complain about that. She just wasn't there. Okay?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I had to do it.
1: As for me, um, I think with my kid's father that one time, downtown for child support, <laughs> <laughs> it scared him, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, <clears throat> I realized, and we both were going through, you know, and we had broke up and we weren't in the same house. And at that time I felt like I had to do what I had to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I took him off and he wasn't always that way, my feelings were, you know, still involved. And I was angry about some things, but once I got out of my own way, Mm -hmm. and then when I took him off and I don't think it was a whole year. However, um, what they were giving me, I was getting, I want to say, sometimes it would be $147 every two weeks or $217 for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Now I like to live comfortable. Now what my kids get is strictly for my kids and everybody know they brats, they this. However,
3: mm-hmm.
1: that just wasn't enough. You hear what I'm calling me now? Not right now, Jayla. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> However, um, when I took him off, things got better and I've always told him, Whatever, you know, you want to give me, we came to an agreement and he did that. And whatever you want to do extra is fine. And he did. Mm-hmm. I mean, life happens. And sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you can't come through with everything you're supposed to. That's when you have to communicate. I don't try to rub it in face because I know life happens. But you also have to be understanding, you know, as long mm-hmm. as they eating. I mean, I'm going to make sure that they eat. But um, it's, it's, it's so much better now. Now my daughter is 19. She's mm-hmm. in college. Mm-hmm. And Morgan, and um, he still does. My son is 13 and he still does. And to be honest, and I always say this when I speak on him, he may get mad, but I wish he would put in more time with them, um, but he doesn't. But sometimes I look at it like this. You have those fathers that's going to provide all the money in no time mm-hmm. or they're going to do no time, no money. Or they're gonna do half the money and half the time. So you know, you're gonna get it kind of like either way. But I knew I, I couldn't be a father, but I just had to be the best Adrian and the best mother that I could be to my children.
0: Right. So Mr. Eric, I wanted to ask you, uh are you still fighting today?
1: hmm Like I
2: said, my court is at the my, my case is at the court of court of special appeals.
0: So I I just want to ask and we don't have to get into the specifics of it. So how how did it end up this way because you were saying, you know, you did all these things as the dad and you was the PTA and then now you you don't see him at all. How how did how did we get here?
2: You ever heard the term that um lawyers lie? <laughs>
3: mm-hmm
2: that's what happened okay okay um and in the process of me p- following for my appeal i had to do the research to prove that she lied mm-hmm. okay um even when the judges at the court of special appeals look at everything and look through my file they're gonna see that this this attorney lied okay um that's that's how it is. Um, I have to remain faithful, okay, to know that I'll get the opportunity to um, see my son one one of these days in the in the, in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a I have a good friend who came here from Arizona, okay, to do a piece with me on the the fatherhood piece.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, he has a show called the Norman Nick Show. Um, out of Arizona. And Norman said to me one day we were talking, he said, you know, you got to remember, our children are always going to be our children. However, she may have him up until he's about 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. But he's still going to need his dad to learn how to conquer life. So, We may not have had him physically at that time, but we can have him then. Case in point, with him, his son asked him what happened. And like myself, Norman saved all of his court papers to show that he fought for his son. Okay? And mm-hmm. when his son went back home, he told his mother, I'm going to live with my father. You lied to me. Oh, so- Um, she didn't like that. She called, he said he called her, she called him every name under the the stars, but Mm -hmm. he still went to live with his son, his father. Um, I don't know, you know, um, Adrian got mad at me one time because, um, uh, I had a process done where I found out where she was living. Okay. Even though I wasn't barred from there. Okay. I still wanted to see him if he would to come outside, and um, I went there few times. Saw the car, saw the truck. Okay, um, did I stay? No. Um, I just left because she kept ringing, ringing in my ear and ringing in my head. <laughs> um, so I just came home. Uh, I know where he is, and. It's, it's hard sometimes.
1: Because you have to understand, if she did all of these things and made all these false accusations for you not to see him, mm-hmm. can you imagine if she see you riding up and down? So yep. you're no good behind bars. You're no good You're no good with that on your record. Yeah. So I be trying to, that was one of those times where I have to tell him, like, so this is what we're doing now? Okay, mm-hmm. when I say that, he already knows. So I say about 10 minutes later. He was pulling up. He was like, I'm outside. I'm like, I mean, and I know that is frustrating. You know what I'm saying? But that's when that trust factor comes in. Like, you're not thinking straight right now. I need you out here with me. You know, you got to keep on fighting. You're not going to be no good if they take you away.
0: Yeah. I can't do all of this by
1: myself. Right
0: yeah and and i agree because like she said if this is this is the extent that we're going through just to keep him away like god if i peek out the window and i see you know you it's like oh he's harassing and you know stalking but uh one thing like i said i had a guest last week and we had the same conversation but what the mothers have to learn is that you got to pull the emotion out of it and you have to do what's best for the child because at the end of the day the child doesn't really know about any of the things that uh went on in the relationship and just because he wasn't a good man to you does not mean that he's not a good father and uh you know like i said and like you 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 get backlash and i've gotten some as well for this because you know it was said you know, on my YouTube channel that, you know, oh, you don't know the whole story. And it's, but it's, it's not for me to know. It's for the father to tell his story and, you know, let it be known that this is a thing. Like, since I started doing this, I've heard so many stories that I just, it's unbelievable to me. So, you know, and I wish you the best, Mr. Eric, with everything. And hopefully. I can bring you and Miss Adrian back and we'll have a good, you know, different, you know, outcome. You know, maybe I can bring you back later and your son will be sitting in the middle. You know what I mean? So <laughs>
3: I
2: mean, it's fine, but um, let me say this. In the course of everything, um, I'll say God has been a blessing. I, know, I mean, I know he's a blessing, but he... Has given me and given us the opportunity to do things further for fathers. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that, I just filed my paperwork for us to have a um, rally in front of the Baltimore City Courthouse.
3: Okay. Okay.
2: Um, it's called Fatherhood Fairness a Rally for Justice. Um, mm-hmm. and I have to talk with. Of the members of the board because this is in Baltimore City I'm going to go out to Baltimore County and do the same thing out there at their courthouse uh-huh.
3: um,
2: I put in for a um, proclamation um, for Maryland dads I put in for um, the day at the Saturday after fathers the Sunday after Father's Day for that to be national um, fatherless Children's Day.
0: Wow,
2: okay. okay. Um, and I asked for a proclamation from the state to to follow up with that, okay? Because fathers need to know that somebody else is trying to fight with them and not against them. Yep. If they know that, that would be, I'm not going to say half the battle, that would be a quarter of the battle for them.
0: Right, right, right because they always feel like the the system is so against them. So I definitely 100% agree with you. I wish I was still in Maryland. I'm from Maryland, but I live in Atlanta now. But that is a wonderful idea. So before we close out, I wanted to ask you guys, to the both of you, um, while going through this, what is one thing that you learned about yourself that you didn't know
1: before. Go for it. It's funny that you say that. Um, <laughs> because week before last, I had um, my cousins and my cousin and two of my girlfriends on to talk about fathers or father figures in their life and the role that they played, the positive side and co parenting. And um, I feel like I'm being stretched and becoming this person that. Um, who held a lot of hurt. My dad passed when I was seven. Uh-huh. So uh, when I hear my girlfriends or I see people with their dads and I envy that, not in a bad way, but because I wish I had it. So that was one of the reasons why I fought so hard for my kids' father to be a part. And that's another reason why I am a part of this because I know the importance of it. Uh-huh. But what I've learned is that um, God doesn't want me in the back. He wants me on the front.
0: Okay. Um, Mr. Eric?
2: What I didn't know that I I, I didn't know them, but I had I know now about myself. Um, I like to do things out of the goodness of my heart. I didn't know that I didn't give myself the opportunity to know that I can be a good person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, however, through this situation, I've been able to help those fathers who were in need help those dads who really needed to um, have somebody there for them. And I say the fathers that come to me saying I need help, I'm always there to help them.
0: And one more question before, because I just love this, the dynamic Um, before we close. So if there's a father... Well, let's just put it like this: If there's a team that's going through this similar situation, what is if you could offer one piece of good advice, Miss Adrian, as the woman in his corner, and Mister Eric as the person that's going through it, what is what piece of advice would you offer that team? To trust each other. To
1: trust each other. Um, know that. If it doesn't feel good and you talk to your mate, then it's not good. Um, To trust when they tell you, like, this is not a good move right here. You know, this is what we need to do. I think that trust factor is what carries you a very long way. Um, I know my husband had trust issues, but he trusts me. He knows that I'm going to stir him in the right direction. Mm -hmm. He knows that if he's talking about something, and I, I know when he's getting ready to go to the left and I start doing this one, kicking him under the table, and he'll look, and he, I feel his body, like, calming down, you know, and then he, he'll he be right back on track. I say that trust, peace is mm-hmm. the biggest factor.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Being open. Okay. Being able to take every, take something that that's outside of you, okay? Um, a lot of times, you're going to have conversations or that communication that you didn't think was right. But you have to be open to accept it.
0: I thank y'all so much for uh, coming on tonight and just, you know, listening to you speak about this. And I I do see the passion in your face about what's going on. And Miss Adrienne, for you being just the, you know, the backbone. And it's good to see. I think we need to see this versus, you know, what they're showing that, you know, Men and women can work as a team, and it doesn't always have to be just all him or all you, and it doesn't always have to be hostile. Um, I also, before we close out, if anybody needed your services or they wanted to get some help from you guys, how would they be able to get in touch with you?
2: Um, Actually, uh, our website comes directly to us, so you can go to our website, www. Strategies, winningstrategiesfcc.org, or just call us, 443-219-6939. Again, that's 443-219-6939. Or our web um, email address is winningstrategies, spelled out, mm-hmm. dot .fcc at gmail.com. We're here.
0: And what about, uh, you mentioned the radio show earlier that you have and, you know, the prayer as well. If you wanted to pass me that information when we got done, I would be more than happy to post it. But while I have you on, if you want to share that as well.
2: Um, yeah, um, it's called, the show is called Dads for the Win. It's on WMEG. You can get to there by going to the Apple Play Store and downloading through TuneIn. Or if you got if you have an Android, go to Rock R O C Meg M E G onecom and I also we also stream live from our Facebook group page Winning
1: Strategies Fatherhood, the Courts, and Custody every Thursday from seven thirty to eight thirty. See, it's not so bad to let them lead, is it? I let them do <laughs> thing
0: and I just be right. It feels good. I just sit here. And you do it so effortless. <laughs>
3: thank you.
0: <laughs> but I do thank you all for joining me. I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, like I said, I think this is something that we need to see, you know, a team. And, you know, y'all working together in unity. And like I said, Mr. Eric, I wish you the best. Um, I will post everything that y'all got going on because I think this is, this is something great that, you know, people in your situation, you know, need to see. And again... I thank you guys. You have a good evening. And I thank everyone for joining me tonight. Again, I'm Tyna Shell, and this is Fathers Ain't. And I'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.